Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How are you this morning? Am I too loud? Am I okay? Okay? Okay. Perfect. Perfect. We are continuing with our sermonettes, uh, except this is probably turning out to be a full-blown sermon, uh, uh, I, I think. So, uh, I'm not sure how long I'll be. Um, it might be on the short side or, or, or maybe not. It just, just sort of depends. It is a very difficult uh, subject, topic that we're talking about this morning, although it comes across very easy because we talk about it so easily uh, and then we just let it go and not realize all the ramifications of this thing called forgiveness. So you know that in the gospel, it is the gospel of the kingdom of God, it's where Jesus is king, it's all about Jesus. And without Jesus, not any of this stuff makes sense. We're just a club if Jesus is not the king here. Um, and so we're not a club, so Jesus is king here. Um, and so I have added a few topics to the list of, of, of topics. I have added, uh, so we've talked about talking, stewardship, worship, love. I separated grace from love because that is a big entity all by itself. We've talked about pleasing God ourselves. We've talked about beauty that God values. Uh, today we're talking about forgiveness. We've talked about joy. And uh, on the list already was the problem that is, the problem is the other person, which it's not, but I mean, that's just the title of it. Um, then I added hospitality, I added friendship, and I added family, and I added ministry slash service. So those will be sermonettes. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I want to uh, remind my folks, you, uh, the church, uh, more than once in a while about certain things. So if I preach this list and make a full sermon out of all of that, then, you know, there's whatever, 15 items, and I'm going to add some more, I'm sure. Then you hear it only once in a while. But if I do sermonettes, then I can remind you more often of these things. Make sense? Because it is usually a shorter sermon, so at least some aspect of what I, uh, about talking, some aspect of stewardship, some aspect of worship is what we have, we have talked about. Some are a little bit broader than others, and some that need a little bit more attention than others as far as detail is concerned. Okay? So this is about forgiveness. From a human point of view, for di- forgiveness is almost scandalous because of, it, of what it requires. And from God's point of view, forgiveness is a spiritual power and a thing that gives us power. The fact to, to forgive is a spiritual power. But when we forgive, it gives us even more spiritual power. Okay? I'll explain some things. What we're going to talk about today, the outline more or less, is like one, I'll give you some quotes on, on forgiveness. They're not necessarily scriptural or scripture, but you, you get a thought. Uh, the second thing is, how many times 
should we forgive? Jesus speaks about 70 times 7. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit. The third point is a story in Matthew, the 18th chapter, that follows that 70 times 7, where a king is uh, reckoning his, the accounts with the servants, and so on and so forth. The, the, the fourth one is a schematic uh, concerning that story to try to make things maybe a little bit more understandable. And then fifthly, there might be some questions concerning uh, forgiveness that, that, that come up every once in a while that I, I, would, like to, I would like to address. For, for, for an example, one of the questions that almost always comes up is, well, should I forgive if they don't ask for forgiveness? Well, so you know the answer there. But there, it, is, it is a debate many times that people say, and, and, and I've had that debate, so I know what I'm talking about, uh, that they say, well, they didn't ask for forgiveness, so I'm not going to forgive them. All right, fine. Uh, uh, your uncle, wh- whom, whom you need to forgive, right, but he's passed away, he, he can't ask you for forgiveness, but yet, for, to, for you to be set free yourself, you need to forgive him. Okay. So we go with some quotes, and I might say a few words here and there. Uh, many, many years ago, I was on my way to Second Baptist Church when it was the old uh, uh, location, and I came by Morgan Avenue Baptist Church, and it said on the screen there, on the, on the, on the whatever, the sign, it said that uh, unforgiveness is self-cannibalism. Now, that's scriptural. Yes. If you don't forgive... You do you yourself harm, nobody else. Self-cannibalism. The, sec- the, the, the next quote is, forgiveness is a funny thing. It warms your heart and cools the sting. William Arthur Ward, that was his quote. Martin Luther King Jr. says, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a permanent attitude. That is profound. Because we, we, we think that we did a big thing because we forgave somebody, and then, you know, the next one, well, I already forgave once. Well, let me think. You have 489 times to go. <laughs> uh, forgiveness is not, I will meet you halfway. That is not what Jesus did. He came all the way. Uh, Forgiveness is like burying the hatchet, except, except some of us bury the hatchet with the handle sticking out of the ground. Did you get that one? So we can get it, get it easy to, to get it out of the ground. <laughs> Forgiveness has the ability to set free both the one offended and the offender. And we, don't, we don't often think about the offender uh, being set free. A lot of the teaching is that we should not hold grudges and the offendee, the one who was offended, then sets free, is set free for not holding a grudge. Uh, but it, it, it goes both ways in some form or fashion. Uh, we all agree that forgiveness is a beautiful idea until we have to practice it. C.S. Lewis. Uh, there's a saying that goes around, hurt people, hurt people. It is my idea that all people hurt people. Some intentional and some unintentional. But nobody's exempt 
from hurting somebody else. Um, it, it, ju- it just happens. We're living on earth and, and, and in a fallen world, and that, that's, these things happen. And, and I, I'm saying forgiving in advance is the most beautiful thing. Forgiving in advance is the most beautiful thing. We're going to the second point. And so we'll be looking at uh, Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. And let's talk about it a little bit. Because it requires a little explanation. Um, Are you ready? Okay. (laughs) Amen. That's the spirit, brother. Right there. Okay. Here it is. Then Peter came to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Okay? So it is interesting. What what is Jesus saying there? Uh, Peter is saying, Lord, my brother offends me. I've been offended by my brother, and I have forgiven him. He doesn't say that, but I'm just giving you a, 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 a scenario. I have forgiven him. He has for has offended me again, and I've forgiven him again. How many times should I do something like that? Seven times? Jesus says, no, I didn't say seven times. It is supposed to be 70 times seven. Now, the question is, did Jesus mean 490 times? No, he didn't mean 490 times. If you want to keep track, if you want to keep the count, hey, you're you're good to go. Keep count of every sort, every kind of offense there is, and then keep track if you want to. Uh, But that's not what he's saying. And by the way, if you want to count, that is 490 times for each separate offense. And a separate offense, and a separate kind, a different kind. So he says, basically... He says, don't count. Just keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. So when you say to somebody, you have already done that five times to me, you're keeping count. <laughs> if you want to keep count, okay, the other person has another 485 times to go. So forgiveness is a funny thing. It is, it is scandalous in a way when you come from an, a worldly perspective because it requires so much from the one who is offended. It doesn't require hardly anything from the one who is offending except don't do it again. So I, I have you thinking, and that's good. Because I, I, I want you to think about this. Uh, there's a lot, a lot to be said about that. How many times? Well, if you're counting, 490 times. If you're not counting, if you want to be 
doing the kingdom way, then you just continue to forgive. Continue to forgive. Third point. Hey, am I doing good? I'm already at my third point. <laughs> the story in Matthew 18, so that follows this, these scriptures, the story in Matthew 18, 23 to 35. Now, here, here, here's where it gets a little bit more ticklish. And I might need to get a couple of guys here to come help me in just a little bit. I'll call your name, then you can come. Uh, after Jesus told Peter that 70 times 7 is when you have to, how you have to forgive somebody, then he goes with verse 23 here and says, Therefore, the kingdom of God is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. It is here about the kingdom of God, Right? This is what we're talking about here. The kingdom of God, where Jesus is king, right? And if we say that we are part of that kingdom, then Jesus is our king, and we're going to do it his way. And he says, in the kingdom of God, this is the way it happens. And he says, it is, it is sort of like this. Because you cannot make a finite a comparison, analogy, with an infinite fact or an infinite situation and give an exact replica of it. It is, it, you know, it's, it's it, yeah, not the same. One is infinite, one is finite. So, but he says, likewise, this is sort of like how it happens in the kingdom of God. For, you to, for your understanding to be able to grasp what I'm going to say, if I say it at a, at a higher level, you can't get it. But I'm going to give you a story. I'm going to give you a parable. What is a parable? A parable is a natural story with supernatural meaning. Okay? So it is like, this is like the kingdom of God. That's how it works. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's a ton of money. The NIV talks about millions of dollars or something like that. Uh, verse 25 says this. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. But the servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Remember that phrase over here, because in a little while we see that same phrase coming, coming back. Master, have patience with me, I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion. This is, this is, this is a, a, a strong sort of an expression, moved with compassion, because often we have compassion. We say we have compassion in our heart, but we're not moved by it. I have great compassion. God bless you, stay warm, you know, type thing. So, but God wants us, Wants to move us with compassion. And you might not be able to do anything about it or any much about it, but the, whatever you can do about it, you ought to do. Whatever you can do about it, you ought to do. Be moved with compassion. And released him and forgave him the debt. So, how much did 
the king forgive the servant? All forgave the whole enchilada. And so now the, serv- the servant, what do you suppose? You think the servant was glad? It should have been. <laughs> this was a great debt. And he, he goes, he walks out of the palace and he encounters another servant. So here we say, so we'll call this guy over here, that, that, that servant, we'll call him Servant One. Okay? Now we're going to call this other guy Servant Two. But that servant, the Servant One, went out, he left the palace, and found one of his fellow servants. We call him Servant Two. Are you with me? Okay, Servant One, Servant Two, who owed him a hundred denarii. He owed him a little bit. Certainly compared to the first debt, but it was a little bit. And the the NIV is a little bit more specific about it. That it is, uh, uh, and he laid hands on him. He didn't pray for him. Okay, when he laid hands on him, he grabbed him by the neck and told him, "You owe me money, and I'm putting you in jail." Saying, "Pay me what you owe." Verse twenty-nine says this. So his fellow servant, servant two, fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, "Same words that servant one had to the king." Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. Are you with me? So the servant one gets his whole debt forgiven. Servant two gets thrown in jail. So, Unfortunately for servant one, some other servants saw what happened. So let's read some more. 31 says this. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. You can imagine. So they must have, they must have known a little bit what servant one had undergone over there. He had his debt forgiven. And he's, he, they see that he, he, servant, servant two gets thrown in, in, in jail. And they, this is not right. And they go to the king and tell on, on servant one. Oh, this is, this is, this is a, a funny thing over here. Uh, verse 32 says this. Then his master, after he had called him, so he called servant one and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just I had pity on you? Should he not? Well, I tell you that God takes forgiveness very, very seriously. Very, very seriously. So, we'll we'll come back to this story here in just a little bit. 34 says this, And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. We'll forget about 35 for now, but but, uh, I want to ask you some questions. 
So if I can get Byron and Tony, you're sitting next to each other over there, so that's a nice little deer. You're just going to hold these signs up. Which seven do you want to be? One or two? You'll be, oh, poor guy. <laughs> Servant two. Just stand next to each other, and, and then we, 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 we'll ask some questions. So we now are considering only the scenario of the two servants. We're not talking about a king for right now. Okay? In a little while, we bring the king back in. All right? Now, who owes whom? Servant two owes servant one. Servant two is in debt to servant one. In this scenario, if you would say somebody is guilty or somebody is in the wrong or whatever, who would that be? One or two? Two. He owes the money. Right? But now, who gets thrown and, and, and turned over to the tormentors, to the torturers? Who gets one or two? One gets thrown to the torturers. Okay? Servant one, he's the one that ends up with the torturers. Now, what do you think he would experience with the torturers? Nothing good. <laughs> Say that again. Torture. Torture. Huh? Pain. I mean, this is not a little needle pain. This is a sort of like a whipping pain, a, a, a pain. Okay? So in this scenario, though servant two owed the money to servant one, servant one is thrown in with the torturers. Now, why was servant one thrown to the torturers? So even though servant two was the one that owed the money and couldn't pay it quite yet, servant one is thrown to the torturers. Thank you very much. I'm going to call you back in just a little bit. In just a little bit, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd be called somebody, you'd be called somebody who tortures. But a torturer, you know, I mean, you know, somebody who plays pianist versus a pi- uh, somebody who plays piano versus a pianist. I mean, you know, somebody knows how to play, the other one, I play the piano. I know chords uh, G and A and D and C and, and, and that's it. Okay? Other people are pianists. Somebody plays the violin, yeah, somebody's a violinist. Okay? So these were torturers. You were thrown to the torturers that knew how to torture a person. Servant one was undergoing a lot of pain. Now, my dear brothers and sisters, this is maybe the thing that I want to bring out today, maybe more than anything else. Check out what verse 35 says. Just like servant one was tortured. Just in the same way, he's saying, and his master, well, verse 35 says here, So, my heavenly father, father 
also will so, uh, 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 in my translation says, so likewise. Who has likewise in your translation? Or do you have another word in your translation? So likewise, somebody else? Huh? This is how. Does somebody have an NIV? Is that an NIV? This is how. Okay? This is how. Likewise. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Okay? So this is the the kind of pain that your heavenly Father will account to you if you don't forgive your brother his trespasses from your heart. This is not a token forgiveness. God is making it very clear over here. This is not a token forgiveness. This is a forgiveness from your heart. So you may have to get right with God before you can forgive from your heart. Maybe not. Maybe already. Maybe already there that you can forgive from your heart. But if you're not there, go settle the matter with God so you can forgive from your heart. Okay. So now we have here two people. Right? We have you or me or the one that is spoken to over here. And then you have the brother who is trespassing. Yes? Yes? Okay? And he is not doing just one of them. There is plural here. Plural. Okay. Come back, guys. Let's, let's, let's draw a picture for it. So this time, which one do you want to be? The offender or the innocent? Do you want to be the innocent? Be careful now. Be careful now. Show them who you are. So in verse 35, in that scenario, right, we have somebody, would you stand on this side? We have somebody who is the offender that has committed trespasses to his brother. And then you have one who is innocent of the trespasses, right? Are you with me? Okay. So, who is supposed to forgive whom? Are you agreeing with that? Are you agreeing with that? Okay. You, 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 okay, you haven't convinced me that you... Uh, okay, I agree with that. You know, agreeing, yes. Yeah. Is there They think I'm setting them up. <laughs> I am setting you up. <laughs> Because I want you to get it that this is serious business with God and that so often we have misunderstood it and we have mishandled it and we have only talked to the guy who was offending or the, or the, or the woman who was offending. And we haven't, talked about, we haven't talked to the innocent. But Jesus is speaking here about the innocent. Yes? Are, are we agreeing on that? He is saying... That though you are innocent of the offense, or the offenses in this scenario, if you don't forgive your brother from the heart, the offenses, you get thrown to whom? 
Now, is that a fair interpretation of this word, of this scripture? You tell me. If, if you don't think it's fair, I have to explain some more things. Uh, because it's uh, not fair. If this is a fair representation. I'm not talking about fair scenario. Well, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. We talk, he, so Jesus, is, Jesus is, is painting a particular scenario in the first few verses. Then he goes more general, and he says, okay, I am offending you, you've been offended, and I have offended you, and I'm guilty of an offense. But if you don't forgive me, you're guilty as well. Well, you're speaking in terms of verse 35. 35, 35, yeah, 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 yeah. sorry, 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 sorry. 35, in terms of 30, 35. So, now, see, that's what makes forgiveness such a crazy thing, such an, a scandalous thing from a human perspective. Here we have somebody who is innocent, and yet he's going to be punished. On the basis of what is he going to be punished? On the basis of the fact that he doesn't forgive. Well, Okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's, let's put it that way. That's even a better way of putting it. He is not obeying God. But not every disobedience gets this kind of treatment. In this particular instance, the, the disobedience and forgiving, you get some pain. Exactly, exactly. Not tormented like in hell. You don't lose your salvation. Okay, okay. I just want to clarify that. So, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, so, this is what I'm saying to you, is that God takes forgiveness very, very seriously. Because as we compare it with the king's account, then we see that the basis was not just the fact that Serpent two, Serpent 1 did not forgive Serpent 2. It was on the basis of the fact that King had forgiven him so much. Could you not forgive a little bit? And as we find out where we find ourselves. We find ourselves in the church that we always are addressing the offender. We are always addressing the one who is doing the trespassing. The one that is the guilty one. But we're not addressing the one who is innocent but must forgive. And so we have in the church, in many places, we have people that are hurting on the inside. That are hurting because they have visited the tormentors. The torturers. Am I representing the scriptures okay here? <laughs> you don't want to agree with me. Because it is hard. It is hard to. Because, you know, when I come to you and I say you must forgive. Then you say, I don't want to, pastor. It hurts too much. I understand. But it's going to hurt even more. 
Yes. Correct. No, okay. I shouldn't call it punishment, really. But, but um, call it correction if you want to. But there's going to be pain. Right? Right? I can agree with that. Okay. 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 <laughs> yes. I, I, yes. 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 Because punishment. Yes. 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 Because you're not going to be punished because Jesus took your punishment on the cross 2,000 years ago. Okay? But there's going to be some pain in this experience if you don't forgive. Thank you for that correction because I want to I be on the money. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. So <clears throat> the reason why the world could think of forgiveness as scandalous is that, okay, let me ask you this question. Do you think then, then, in, on the basis of what we've already said, do you think then that forgiveness is fair? One or two of you. Do you think forgiveness is fair? It is simply not fair. I mean, you hurt me, and I get punished. <laughs> It's not fair. That is one of the things that makes forgiveness such a difficult thing for people. It is simply not fair. Would you ask Jesus if it was fair that he who had never done anything wrong, who was living in glory with the Father, not even in the presence of sin, in glory with the Father, had to come to the earth to live among sinful people and went to the cross to die on the cross for our sins, he who had never done anything wrong, and we who did everything wrong. How fair is that? So you see why God is so emphatic about forgiveness. Because he did such a big thing. Not, it is not so much that he did the big thing, which he did, but it is that he that he wants to show his character through his children. That he wants to show who he is and what he is like through his children. And he takes it very seriously that we do it, especially in this scenario. Yes, sir. Well, if you want to see, if you want to look at it that way, but it wasn't even fair what he did. But he was obedient. Okay. You can. That, that's a good logic. Yes. Uh, so, but it makes it hard for people. So let me look at my notes here real quick and then see where we're going from here. Um, let me give, give me just a second. Okay, now, now uh, we, are, we are going to look at a schematic that I drew up when at 4 o'clock in the morning I was thinking about, this was a few days ago, I was thinking, oh, Lord, how, how can I make this thing a little bit more clear? Because we so often want to just talk about the one who is offending. And they, they're not supposed to offend. 
But you're not done with the story. The one who was offended has a great responsibility to still do. Yes, Brother Joe. Absolutely. Everything. My dear brothers and sisters, if you don't do it, you do it at your own peril. And I have seen countless situations, countless situations. Remember, I'm a pastor, I counsel people. Countless situations where I even begged somebody to forgive somebody else. But the answer was, well, I didn't do anything wrong. No, that's why I'm begging you to forgive the one who did something wrong. If the other one didn't do anything wrong, there was nothing to forgive. Because I'm begging you for your own well-being that you forgive that person. Because otherwise, not only will you have pain, you will, have, you will be laming your spiritual power. Huge. Huge. Not only the joy that comes your way, but also the spiritual power, the wherewithal to walk. I was going to say tolerant because that, is, that might be prideful. I don't want you to walk pridefully. But, but that you can walk in, 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 in the blessing of the Lord knowing that you've pleased your Father. And, and then, uh, of course, the peace that even comes in the relationship and all these type of things. Yes, brother. Yes, 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 yes. And, and I have really designed sort of like a question and answer thing. It is very, it is not, it's not, a, not just one, two, three, boom, boom, boom. Simple. <clears throat> yes. So the question is, this is not just, though we're talking about an individual sin over here, possibly, or a few sins, trespasses, and talks about, you know, uh, one brother and another brother. But Joe is saying, well, there are many other people involved in your life. So what about when they have offended you? Then should you forgive them? And should you call them, I have forgiven you? That's a, that's a very legitimate question. Um, I would say this. And I'm not an authority on this, but that obviously you should forgive them. And where you can and where you know that the other person is still, because it is possible that when I have hurt you, that I find myself in a certain certain amount of bondage because I've hurt my brother, right? And I haven't experienced your forgiveness. I, I have sort of maybe forgiven myself. 
but I haven't received your forgiveness yet, and, I, and I, I'm bothered by that. Holy Spirit is leading for you then to call me and say, Brother Kenny, I just want you to know I have forgiven you. The thing that happened 10 years ago, I have forgiven you. Um, uh, and then I, I, I tell you a story. I, did, did I, finish? I didn't finish my sentence, but you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So um, there, there was a serial killer that was in the courtroom. And this is not proof of what I'm saying. But this is representative of what I'm saying. Um, not proof of the case I'm making, but it's certainly representative. Uh, a, a serial murder, a, a, a killer, uh, who was in the courtroom, he, the, the, the thing was basically done. He was sentenced. And then the judge gave some of the victims, survivors, for the most part they were parents, uh, a chance to speak to the, the, the killer. And he had... Dark black glasses on, not as in sunglasses, but just a dark frame. And he just, he was like stone cold when they talked to him and they reamed him out. Yes? You took all the joy out of my life because whatever. You know, those type of things. And then one mother said, you've killed my daughter. It might have been a son, but that doesn't really matter, but I think it was a daughter. You've killed my daughter. And I've had so much pain because of it. But she says, and if I'm not careful, I'm going to cry. But she says, I forgive you. Almost instantaneously, tears from a guy who by all the reaming out and all the ripping that they did for him killing their loved ones, when one forgave him, it seemed like he was set free and his emotions just went and he just cried. So, I, I say so not as a way of proof but as a, as a way of, of finalizing my story. Um, there, is, there is a lot to be said. One of, one of the quotes was, and it was my quote, one of the ones that I read, that forgiveness has the potential of setting free both the offender and the offendee. Yes. Well, well that, that, that is, then, then it makes it sort of like, like sure that you should do that, right? Um, and, 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 uh, but, you know, some of them might actually already be, de- be dead, and you, you can't contact, contact them. So there's, so there's not a set rule, like I said, I'm not an authority on that, but I, I just know what the scriptures are saying about the situation of just an offender and an offendee. So, at 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm, I'm thinking about how can I, you know, and I may still not make it clear, but I wanted to talk about it because God clarified some things in my mind and in my heart. Right? And so, it makes, it, it makes more sense to me to want to portray that to you also, if you were at a place where I was, or maybe not even there yet, and so I feel like then, then I, as, as my brother says, I can help you on this, in this area of forgiveness. And with that, the arena of also victory or defeat. Because with the tormentors, there's not a lot of victory there. I follow what I'm saying? When God sets you free, then, ah, wow. 
and you walk in the peace that you were talking about and the joy and, and so on and so forth. So uh, now I'm going to my, my schematic. So I typed up uh, 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 two columns, which <laughs> I didn't know how to do at 4 o'clock in the morning, but you know, I struggled and tried to make it happen. Something jumped to something else. And, uh, so you have the list of the offendee, the one, the one who was offended, and you have the list of the offender, the one who is guilty. Uh, give me a, the, the innocent one and the guilty one committing the offense, and this person is guilty. Right? So then the question is, who is supposed to forgive whom? We're going back over the story a little bit, okay? So this is the schematic of the story, basically. Who is supposed to forgive whom? Is this one supposed to forgive this one or this one, this one? The offendee, the innocent one, is supposed to forgive the guilty one. But we often confuse that because we have not been the one offending. So we feel innocent. So nobody can tell me that I'm going to forgive when I'm innocent. But if you don't forgive, brothers and sisters, you get pain. Okay, we go on. So this is now we're talking about a human situation, right? The innocent, he's innocent of this offense. Because in a little while you'll see that I have a line that says, Jesus is innocent of all offenses. But in a scenario where I'm with Roel, Roel and I are, if I offend him, that was one offense. But that doesn't mean that I haven't committed other offenses. I've, uh, I've committed a ton of other offenses. And it doesn't mean that he is experiencing only one offense. He has experienced many offenses. But we're talking about this particular offense. So, but when we're looking at Jesus, okay, humans over here, guilty of this offense. Then when we're looking at Jesus, I don't know, Jesus, he is the one that is always offended. We're offending him. He's not offending us. He is offending us only and that it sometimes is a stumbling block for those who are blind and those who don't want to see. But uh, he comes from, uh, he's innocent of any offense. He comes from heaven to earth to make forgiveness possible. He travels all that way to make forgiveness possible. He's innocent but takes the initiative. He's innocent but travels, but travels a long way. He, is in a, he, he makes arrangements in advance, before you were, before your parents were, before their parents were, and their parents and their parents and their parents were, Jesus made arrangement 2,000 years ago on the cross for your forgiveness. Yes. It's okay, sweetie. Yes. yes. Well, so I'm not saying that... Sorry, let me repeat the question. Somebody offended the other. How is the offender going to forgive the offendee? How is the offendee going to forgive the offender? Who, the guilty one. Let's talk about the guilty one and the, and, the, and the innocent one. So 
which one, so the, the innocent one obviously is not the one that committed the offense. The guilty one is the committed the offense, right? So, and so what is the question then? No, no, I'm not asking. I don't, I, the question is not who's asking for forgiveness. The question is who is supposed to forgive? Forgive. So the one who ha- was offended, right, the one that was innocent, he is required to forgive the one that was guilty, the one that offended. So if you and I have a spat and you offend me, right, I'm supposed to forgive you. Okay, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, okay, yes, yeah, that's good, good to clear that because offendee, offended, made a dance at 4 o'clock in the morning myself. Um, so it is always the one who, is, who is, is innocent that must forgive the one who's guilty, right? Because the guilty one needs forgiveness. The one who's not, who, the one who's innocent has nothing to be forgiven for, okay? Well, we're coming, we're coming to that. We're coming to that. Because that is a, that's not a big one. Uh, all right. Innocent. The, the, Jesus is innocent, and yet he makes all the moves for our forgiveness. Makes all the moves. We, we, we don't have to make one move. The only, the only thing that we have to do is believe, and it's all ours. All that forgiveness is ours. That Jesus offers. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Who who has committed trespass? You have. Yes. Well, it would. Then we then we're talking a little bit about the idea that Angel was talking about misunderstanding what, what, I has, what I had talked about, about asking forgiveness. In that scenario, it'd be very proper. Asking for forgiveness is always proper. It's always right. Okay? It is not a requirement for forgiveness, but yet, so if you want to restore the relationship, you say, son, or your son, I, I, I have done you wrong. I have offended you. I have disobeyed God and have done some things that are absolutely, and I take full responsibility, but I'm asking you right now today, would you forgive me? Would he be ready to forgive? I don't know. If he's not ready to forgive, then I would say, he says, yes, Dad, I've been waiting for for you to come. He's a little bit immature because he was supposed to forgive anyways, but he's waiting for you to ask for it. Uh, Dad, I'm so glad. You hug and you cry a little bit and things are good. But you, you detect that he's not ready to forgive. Is that possible? Yes? Okay. It's, it happens all the time. Then I would say to him, son, you might not be ready to forgive right now. I'm ready for this relationship to be restored. Anytime that you're ready, I am ready. I'll be waiting. I will, one second, one second, Brother John, one second, one second. 
I, I will check in with you every once in a while. Just to be sure that, you know, if you're not ready yet. Brother John. Paco. Paco? <laughs> Brother John loves the story about Paco. Well, because it's a father-son situation. That's what he's talking about. Uh, this, this is a story that happened in Spain. Uh, I don't know if it's just a made-up story that somebody wants to just uh, teach, a, uh, do a parable type thing uh, by, by way of a story. Uh, or if it actually happened. So it was a father who had had some things with his son. And they split up. And, and so some years later, the father who wants to restore the relationship with his son puts an ad in the paper. And his, his, his name was Paco. He says, uh, Paco, meet me at Square Montreal in front of the La Paloma Hotel on Tuesday, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. All is well. When the father gets to the square, there's 500 young men who are looking for their father because they too wanted forgiveness from their father. Because Paco is such a common name in Spain. Spain. 500 guys were looking for the forgiveness of their father. So it is my belief. I had just recently... So I'm not sticking to, the, to, to my, my sermon today, right? We're visiting a little bit because I, I just want more than just going by. Somebody says this is the way a sermon would go, must go. Uh, I am convinced, not every son, but I would say 90, if not 99 out of 100 sons and daughters want a relationship with their father. It is maybe... It is maybe the biggest thing. It, it may not be. The scriptures doesn't say this is the biggest thing, the relationship that a child desires with the father. But from experience, when I come to a conclusion, I think this thing is, it, it is multiple times bigger than I ever imagined. I'll tell you a little bit about it. Go ahead, brother. Yes. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> uh, a preacher said how uh, there is no love without correction. How do, we, how do we match up forgiveness and correction? It is not difficult to do because correction is part of love. But if, if I haven't shown you love, it makes it very difficult for me to correct you. You may not receive it from me. But I have loved you. You know from experience, Right? that I have shown you love, and that I care for you, that I wouldn't say anything just to hurt you, then you will receive the correction much more readily than, than otherwise. And so it is not outside of the realm of forgiveness. In other words, if I, for, if I correct my son or a brother, okay, this, this doesn't, how you call it, that doesn't hinder forgiveness at all, unless we are fleshly. Let us say, Keith, can I use you as an example? Uh, let us say, let us say, Keith and I have a, a unique relationship, right? I, I'm sort of like his father. Okay? He, 
yes, he grew up with a, with a father who abused him and so. So he, he asked me, should I, would I be a father figure to him so because he has missed that in his life? So I say, okay, let's meet and let's see what that looks like so that we're on the same page with it, right? So that I don't think of being a father one way and he thinks of being a father another way and then I disappoint him one more time as a father, right? So let's sit down. And then we said, okay, this is what it looks like. He says, just love me like you have, Father, uh, 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 Pastor. And, and so, uh, so let us say I must correct him, right? Now, I have corrected Keith in the past, and he, he was offended by it. I, I, I'm just being honest. This is, this is to me, it's like fantastic stuff. That I wouldn't normally tell you, but because it came up, that's why I asked him, can I use him as an example? So I, I would get texts from him every day. So I didn't get texts for three days. I knew there was something wrong. And I asked him, is there anything wrong, brother? I knew there was something wrong. <laughs> he says, no, pastor. And then he texts it back second time. He says, oh, I just got my feelings hurt. And then I told, I told him, and I, I had loved him, right? We, we've had this relationship for a, a number of years already. Uh, and, and then I talked with him afterwards and said, Keith, you have to know this, that I feel free to correct you because I love you. And how will I ever be able to claim, even claim that I love you? When you look back and you say, oh, my pastor, who's like a father figure to me, he didn't even correct me on this thing. Right. I could never claim that I love him. But I do love him. So therefore, it's, it's you know, yes. And uh, correcting very gently. Correcting doesn't mean you're ripping somebody. Correcting means just as gentle as you possibly can. Yes. Absolutely. And then he messed around and applied correction without forgiveness. <laughs> and God said, yes. you can, you're going to get correction yes. without forgiveness. So it's, it's woven in. Yes. It is, correction is always woven in because, like you said, brother, it's part of love. If I love you, and I see you put your, your neck and your head in a hornet's nest, I'm going to let you do that. Well, I, I want to speak to you about it. And, I, and, and because, see, I'm 71 years old, right? Sister Melissa, come over here, would you? Melissa. I love Melissa. She is like a daughter to me. She is a spiritual daughter, right? And uh, I'm 71 years old. I tell other pastors that are younger, I have an advantage over you. Because I don't relate to Melissa like a brother. That when I hug her, she might think, oh, what is this guy doing? I'm sort of like a father figure. So I can address her like a father instead of like a brother. Which is a huge advantage. Are you with me? So she, re- she receives this from me more readily than maybe a brother. And I love her very much. <laughs> yes. So... 
Um, so anyways, where were we? Ah, I, I, I brother, I, I'm going to forego, I'm going to forego the schematic because we've already talked about some, so many of the things, but uh, uh, let's, let's look at some questions. Let's look at some questions, then, we, then we'll be done. Um, yes. So where does the correction come in then? Well, see, for example, let us say I'm in business with somebody, right? They rip me off. Yes? Brother or not brother. It happens among brothers plenty of times. Uh, he rips me off. I will forgive him. I must forgive him. Amen. This is what the Lord requires of me, right? I must forgive him. But I don't have to get into business with him again. I don't have to do that. What, so he can rip me off again? That doesn't make any sense. So I forgive him, but then I use wisdom in, in my next steps. Is that sort of what you meant? Okay. All right. Huh? If it's a brother, I'm not supposed to take him to the law. It's just that simple. To the elders. If he goes to a different church, then my pastor will talk to his pastor and say, let's get together. And bring a couple of elders so we can resolve this thing between the two brothers. To bring it to an uncivilized, or let me not put it uncivilized. Let me, to, let me, to a pagan, to a pagan court that doesn't live by the, 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 the guidelines of, of the kingdom of God, to bring them is a, a bad testimony. And Paul ex- explains this very clearly in the scriptures. So, um, anyways. Um, <clears throat> so, one, one of the questions that occurs often is... Questions, they just... Um, okay. I have forgiven him, but he acts like everything is honky-dory, like everything is okay between us. And, and, and he doesn't apologize or, or whatever. He, he, he just... So what do you think of that? If, if it you doesn't forgive him, it doesn't matter. <laughs> to, to me, it doesn't matter. Well... You're too far ahead, brother. You're too <laughs> okay, then, well, you, there is instances where it could be, but, I mean, you, I'm going to obey God and, and, and let the chips fall with it, with it me. Uh, so, is it a requirement, is it a requirement that the one who is forgiven must show, uh, must, 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 must come ask and apologize before they can be forgiven. No. Absolutely not. Now, it is their responsibility, the one who is forgiven, that they apologize. Yes? If I have forgiven you, 
I ought to apologize. But it's not a requirement for you to forgive me. You're going to forgive me regardless. That, that is a requirement from, the, from our king. But that I have to apologize is not a requirement. But it is a, a responsibility of mine to apologize. If I have brains, if I have any sense of that we want to restore the relationship, which is a big part of it, then I will apologize because you are a spiritual person, but you're not just spirit, you're also flesh. And the flesh is facilitated to, to want to forgive when I apologize. Right. When I don't apologize, your flesh comes to like, mm, you don't even apologize, whatever. You see? I and take it back, well, <laughs> uh, that's, that, yes. So you have to be careful with the flesh because this is a very difficult arena. This forgiveness thing. Let me let me just let me just. Uh, uh. So for the Christian, when it comes to forgiveness, the one who must forgive has only two options: yes, or wait. I'm not ready yet. No is not an option. God doesn't give us an option of no. Let's get it, brothers and sisters. We don't have that option. So you take some time if you need to forgive someone. Get ready. Go in your prayer closet and ask God for some strength, some courage, or whatever it will take to, to, to bring that uh, forgiveness uh, to, to, to somebody. Uh, I'll, I'll skip this one. Is forgiveness fair? No. Why is it so difficult, forgiveness? you have any, any suggestions? Pride. It's a big one. Yes. 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 They they could, but I let the chips fall where they may because this is what God is asking me to do. Right? Are you talking about forgetting that? Well, forgetting is a different deal. Well, yes, but let me explain a little bit what the forgetting talks about. The forgetting is not that you get to erase it from your mind. If somebody has been molested for 15 years, they can't get it out of their mind. The forgetting has to do with this, that when I forgive and forget, let us say Doyle and I, it's a hypothetical, of course, because Doyle would never do anything. Uh, but uh, let us say we have an issue, and then I forgive and forget. What I mean by that is I've forgiven, okay, that we've talked about that. I forget because the forgetting has to do with I will never bring that to his charge again, ever. So I can't go back and say, hey, you did that 15 years ago. You know, then I haven't forgotten. The forgetting has to do, I don't bring that to your charge again. And this happens all the time in relationships. Husband and wife, you know, when, when Jesus is trying to tell us not to count, yeah, you've done that 15 times to me. 
So, uh, but, but I won't bring it to your account. You did that last time. Now you want me to forgive you again? Well, you have 487 times to go. If you want to keep count. If you don't want to keep count, keep forgiving. Uh, it is when the flesh comes in, things become a little bit more difficult. Hopefully, you're not in the flesh, but if the one that you are forgiving is, has a fleshly interpretation, then, then things, th- things change. Your, your relationship might not, be, might not be restored. Well, it's possible. I mean, if they don't want to forgive you, they, they're not, you, you can make them forgive you. That is what the Lord has to work in their lives. It is difficult. Who said, somebody said it was difficult. What was the first one? Pride. Somebody said pride. Uh, sometimes it feels like you're weak if you forgive. You, is, that, is that a fair statement? Okay. Uh, sometimes somebody says it feels like capitulation. I'm giving in. Excuse me. <laughs> what did Jesus do? What did he do for, for our forgiveness? Uh, and one of the other difficulties is it brings, it brings up all kinds of feelings. It, it, it is as if that happens all, all, all over again. But when you forgive, things will be better for you. Um, I, I'm just trying to see because I, I need to speed up just a little bit, all right? Um, I, I want to do two more things then. then uh, one is there is a couple of scriptures that, that go al- along these lines. In the Lord's Prayer, we call it the Lord's Prayer. In Dutch, in my f- first language, it's called the Our Father. Because it's Het Onze Father. It's because of our Father who is in heaven, who art in heaven, and so on and so forth. So we call it the Our Father. So by even the Dutch title and by the first phrase of the prayer, we know that he is our father, so we are considered the children, right? So, when it talks that, that we forgive those who trespass against us, that we huh? forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, okay? Uh, some people think that, well, uh, if, if they don't forgive us, then we don't have to forgive. If they don't ask for, for forgiveness, uh, or, or that uh, there's another scripture that says, let me clarify it a little bit, that uh, our Father will not forgive us unless we forgive. Yes? It doesn't say it like that, but it's, I think it's in Matthew uh, 6. Matthew 6. Let me look over here. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. You have a way of putting it up, Peter? Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Uh, I, I can't read it right over here, but I'd like for you to see it. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will you have your Father forgive your trespasses. See, that's a misunderstood scripture because... 
We're thinking that if we don't forgive, our Heavenly Father won't forgive us either. But when you get saved, are all your sins forgiven? Okay? So your trespasses are forgiven. It has here to do not so much with the with the trespasses as that it has, or, or the, the forgiveness of the trespasses as that it has to do with the fellowship. The fellowship is broken. I am the son of my father, my earthly father. He can, nobody can unson me. Right? I'm a son, period. Even if he doesn't want me to be a son, even if I don't want him to be a father, any situation, let alone my heavenly father. Who, who, who gave me birth in the spiritual sense, an eternal birth. So I can't unsun me. Nobody can unsun me. So my, my sins are forgiven, but, but even with my earthly father, if I trespass him, if I sin against him, if I do something wrong, our fellowship is broken. I'm not unsunned. Our fellowship is broken. And that needs to be restored, and we're good to go. All right, so that is one thing. And I, I, I just want to tell you one more story, then I'm done. I just want to tell you a story about a couple, a husband and a wife, who had a spat. I told this last Sunday night. I, I, I'll tell it to you. Uh, the spat was such that they decided they're going to sleep in separate rooms. And every night, when they went to bed, they laid awake for a while, listening for footsteps down the hall for their spouse to come and reconcile with them. They desired reconciliation, but he didn't come. And he was listening and staying awake, listening that perhaps she would walk down the hall to come to him for reconciliation. But she didn't come. And so it went. Every night. Hoping for reconciliation. No one would make the move. And it didn't come. Can you imagine? And dear brothers and sisters. If you desire reconciliation. Do it. Do it. Let your pride go. Just know it is the right thing before God that you would reconcile. God is a reconciler. That is one of his characteristics. That is why Jesus came to earth for us to be reconciled to the Father. He is a reconciler. This is who he is. And this is who, who he wants us to be. So just know that you will not only will you bless the person in 99 out of 100 times, or if you want to say, okay, 90 out of 100 times, you win the argument, okay, it's 90 out of 100 times, that, uh, uh, that that person will be blessed, and there's a ripple effect of blessing that comes out of that. A ripple effect out of blessing that comes out of that. 